Well, in case you came in just a little bit late, uh, one of the things I mentioned uh, at the end of the teaching time today, we want to give you an opportunity to uh, share a word, a, a brief word of gratitude uh, for something for which you're thankful for this year, if you so uh, desire. And those of you who are also joining us online, if you want to type that in the chat room, uh, Pastor Brian will uh, make sure to read that. Well, this morning we're uh, concluding our series called Cross Currents, and throughout this series we've been taking a look at uh, an issue in the news, and uh, then we're taking a look at what biblical wisdom has to say about that issue. And typically uh, we've found uh, events that have happened the week before uh, the Sunday, but, but this week I'm making a, a slight exception. The article uh, that I read this week was from October 2020. Uh, it was in the Harvard Business Review, and the title is this, Use Gratitude to Counter Stress and Uncertainty. Use Gratitude to Counter Stress and Uncertainty. And I thought, what a, a fitting way to, first of all, begin to move into the week of Thanksgiving, but also a fitting way to, to bring this series to a close, because sometimes when we look at, at events uh, if we're not careful, if we don't go quickly to trying to understand what God is doing in our lives when we hear about them and when we read about them, uh, we can get anxious if we're not careful. So gratitude, gratitude is a way to move toward God's peace. And even in times that are uh, anxiety-inducing uh, or uncertain, uh, the article was written uh, to help people navigate the uncertainties of the pandemic, but as we know, it applies to all seasons uh, when we feel uh, uncertain. And it quoted two authors. One was a guy named uh, Guy Winch. Uh, he wrote a book called Emotional First Aid, and he said this, gratitude is an emotion that grounds us and is a great way to balance out the negative mindset that uncertainty engenders. When we express gratitude, our brain releases dopamine and serotonin, two hormones that make us feel lighter and happier inside. He also quotes a, a guy named Dr. Robert Emmons, who wrote, you can't feel envious and grateful at the same time. They are incompatible feelings. Because if you're grateful, you can't resent someone for owning things you don't. And he goes on to write that uh, through his research, he found that people with high levels of gratitude have low levels of resentment and envy. And those positive feelings begin to take over what can be negative thoughts and well, for our well-being. A spirit of gratitude, a spirit of gratitude can help you do battle with feelings of anxiety, stress, resentment, and envy. This is from the Harvard Business Review. I probably don't read that many articles from the Harvard Business Review, but I think they're on to something there. Now, here's the deal. I love it when modern practices catch up to the Bible, when they catch up to biblical wisdom. Let me invite you to turn or launch your Bibles to Philippians chapter 4, and we're going to be reading verses 4 through 9, and what we're going to see is that gratitude is actually a gateway. It's a gateway attitude, if you will, to experiencing God's good and perfect peace no matter what kind of uh, situation you find yourself in. So before we read it, just let me offer a little bit of context. Uh, first of all, Philippians, we call it a book of the Bible, but it's actually a letter written by uh, St. Paul to the ancient church in Philippi. 
And speaking of uncertain times and potential anxiety-inducing uh, times, Paul wrote this letter while he was in prison. He wrote this letter while he was in prison, and he didn't know how his life was going to turn out. And added to that, he wrote to a congregation that lived under the constant threat of persecution and danger. Yet when you read the letter to the Philippians, you see that the word joy or rejoice appears 16 times in the letter. You see that it is filled with encouragement, and get this, it is filled with deep gratitude, deep thankfulness for the relationship that he had with this church and for their faith. So it's one thing for us to sit at the table this coming Thursday around whatever feast we might have and be thankful if all of our experiences are going really well. It's one thing to be thankful when things are going well, but it's quite another to go to that place of gratitude when storms of life are swirling, when there's uncertainty, when there's anxiety, and when there's potential stress. So let's read the text here. Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through 9. Paul writes, Rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. He goes on to write, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me put into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. Did you catch that one line in verse 6? In every situation, in every situation, when you go to God in prayer, do so with a spirit of thanksgiving. Now, how can we be thankful in every situation? One of the things that we can have in our hearts and our minds is this idea of being open to the power of the presence of God. Being open to the presence of God. I love that little four-word sentence at the end of verse 5, the Lord is near. Will you just read that with me? The Lord is near. Next week, we'll begin our Advent season, as uh, Pastor Brian was saying. And we will be celebrating this very reality that God came to dwell with us in the form of a baby. Unto us, a son is given. Unto us, a son is given. He will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, the Prince of Peace, the Everlasting Father. The Lord is near. He's near you, my friends, no matter what you're going through. In times of great joy, the Lord is near. Or if you're walking through a season of intense struggle, God loves you. God cares for you. God is near you. One of the songs we just shared together has uh, an allusion to this great story from the life of Jesus that Mark's gospel uh, captures. It reminds us of the presence 
and the power of the presence of God. The disciples were riding in the boat with Jesus, and a storm came up. Jesus was taking a nap in the boat, sleeping on a cushion, Mark tells us. He was taking a power nap during a power storm. Now, this is a man filled with peace. If you've ever been on a boat in the middle of a storm, it's not exactly the best conditions to take a nap. And the disciples go to him and say, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? He gets up. I can imagine him being a, a little sleep annoyed. Have you ever gotten woken up and you're, you're sleep annoyed? Yeah, uh, we all have. You're just not raising your hand right now. And he said to the wind and the waves, peace, be still. Quiet, be still. The storm died down and then he looked at his disciples and rebuked them. Why are you so afraid, you of little faith? Can you imagine the poor disciples? They saw him do a miracle at their request. He made the storm go away, but then he rebuked them. One of my professors said, the disciples here, and asking him to make the storm go away, they settled. They settled. You see, the bigger adventure here would have been to trust Jesus to keep you and to hold you in the midst of the storm. I stopped raising my hand for everything about the high things, right? The, the jumping out of the airplane, the walking on the ropes and everything. But, you know, the adventure would be to trust Jesus to hold you in that time, to fill you with the peace that passes all understanding. Because, you see, the disciples would go on to face a lot more storms, wouldn't they? And Jesus wouldn't calm those storms they faced, but he calmed them in the middle of the storm. The Lord is near. No matter what you're going through today, the Lord is near you. And this is why we can pray with thanksgiving. We can pray and thank God in advance for how God is going to work in the storm. We thank God in advance for the answer that he gives us. He may choose to calm the storm like he did on the boat, or he may choose to calm you in the storm. And both lead us to be deeply grateful for his presence and open to his presence. Now, one more word before we go uh, to the last part of the text. This incredible peace that we are promised, the peace that passes all human understanding. So this means when you receive the peace of God, even when things are, are uncertain, when you receive God's peace, others may not even understand or realize how you've come to that place of peace. And by the way, this is one of the most significant uh, testimonies you can give to the Lord for how you can be peaceful even when things are difficult. But anyway, we often think of peace in a passive way. But Paul says here that peace gets up and reports for duty every day. He says God's peace will stand watch. It will guard your heart. It gets up for duty. It reports for duty every day, and it will guard your heart. The term for guard here has the image of soldiers encircling a city and protecting it on every side. The peace of God will surround your heart and guard it from being pulled by anxious 
feelings. The peace of God will surround your mind and guard it from being bombarded with destructive thoughts. Let me encourage you today. If you want to grow in gratitude, practice being in the presence of God. Open your heart daily. Welcome him into your life. Ask him for his hope and his peace and his life to fill you. And trust me, you'll notice that you lean in with a more grateful heart and an abiding peace. That's the power of the presence of God. The Lord is near. Let's go back to the text. Let me read verse 8 again. It's just this power-packed verse. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Here we see Paul talking about the position of your mind, right? Sound doctrine. For sound doctrine, the correct teaching, learning, and the application of the truth of God's Word. Paul is saying here, if you want peace in the midst of swirling seas of anxiety, if you want a grateful heart, think about the Word of God. Think about which is true, noble, and right. So much anxiety is about thinking about what is false, dwelling on that which is not noble, and pursuing things in life that are unrighteous instead of righteous. And again, this is countercultural. The world will tell us if you're anxious, go breathe deep and clear your mind of any thoughts or, or go stick your toes in the sand and just kind of hang out on the beach and just check out for a while. Take a break. You know, I've, I've shared with you before that I actually have the gift of being able to think about nothing. Like I, I can think about nothing. This past, this, everybody in my family is asking for what I'm thinking. I say nothing. This past year, my, my daughter and I were traveling up, to, up north a little bit, and she said, Dad, what are you thinking about? And I said, nothing. I mean, the, the airport is open, the runway is clear, but there are no jets coming in or out. I am not thinking about anything except asking her, her asking me what I'm thinking about. Paul is saying here, don't go mindless. Don't clear your mind. Fill your mind. Dwell on God's Word. Give your mind and thought to your great confession as a Christian that you believe God created you and that God loves you. That you believe God is the one true God who holds heaven and earth in His hands. The God is the God of yesterday, today, and tomorrow. The God who carries His people through the waters of the seas. The God who feeds His people with manna from heaven. The God who sent His Son to die for you. The God you will meet face to face when you draw your last breath when your run on this earth is over. You know, one of the great purposes of the ancient historic creeds is so that you could pull away and just say them occasionally and think on the things of the Lord. That's one of the great purposes of memorizing various verses of Scripture so that you can pull away and think on the things of the Lord. You've memorized a passage already today. Philippians 4, 5, probably D. Let's say it together. The Lord is near. You don't get credit for a whole verse. It's a short part of the end of the verse, but the Lord is near. Fill your mind with the Word of God and the thoughts of God 
And He will take your anxious, uncertain thoughts and give you His peace. And that is a reason to give thanks. That is a reason to give thanks. Well, I, I want to give you an opportunity to put the final touches on the message today. And I've simply labeled this part of the message a community of grateful hearts. I want to give you an opportunity to express something uh, that you're thankful for uh, this year. Uh, You may have had a wonderful year and you want to give thanks, or you may want to thank God for his presence with you in a time of struggle or another reason. So let me encourage you. Pastor Brian uh, is going to go. He's going to go over the sanctuary with a mic. You don't have to share. if you, if, you, if you don't share, we'll go to lunch early. Uh, well, I may have discouraged you from sharing. But, uh, but anyway, just anybody want to share a word of thanks? Um, I thank God for his grace. You thank God for his grace. Amen. Thank you. Anybody else? And those of you who are online can put it in the YouTube chat. Right there. I'm really thankful for this church and you all and the opportunity to fellowship and grow with you. But what I'm really uh, struck with in awe of thankfulness is the people that I'll never know who helped build this church and the legacy of which made it possible for us to be here and worship today. That's right. Yeah, thank you. All the saints who have gone before, right? Yeah. To tag on to Jim's, I am very thankful for this church community and all of the uh, missions you work on and how you serve this, this community. And Brian's willing to go to the balcony, too. Uh, maybe all at once, yeah. I'm really thankful for the kids that we teach because they make me feel like a child again. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll throw in a couple from, uh, we have a great online worshiping community. Rafina is grateful for forgiveness. Uh, Kelly, grateful for the presence of God in her life and able to hear God's words. Debbie, grateful for God providing in all areas uh, as they moved closer to family. Amen. Thank you all online. This December, it will be five years since God put my cancer into remission, and I'm very thankful for that. Amen. Thank you. Thanks to God for remission of cancer. Amen. Anybody else? There's one back there, Brian. Um, I'm thankful for uh, being able to visit family during the holidays and moving to Old Town opened up a whole new life for me. Thank you. Um, I'm grateful because I became a nurse this year and it was really hard. So I'm really glad like God helped me get through that and that I have the privilege of walking with families through like really difficult times and praying with them. And it's just been a real blessing. Yeah. Thank you for your service. You're sitting right uh, behind a nurse. That's our nurse's corner over there. <laughs> Scott and Cindy, I believe, Brian. So I'm thankful for the, just the outward expression of this church and this community and the service that it provides to so many people and the 
the opportunities that we have to participate in that. So it's just a wonderful testament of this church to, to so many people in this area. I'm, I have a, a son-in-law who is a chaplain, a pastor in the Army, and so a daughter who is married to a pastor. And as such, I know how tough it is for families of pastors. Um, so I thank you all. Yeah, well, thank you. Oh, you were going to say something, Mom? Uh, I just, uh, I kind of had purpose not to say anything. And then you preached on this passage. I am thankful for this passage because for at least 33 years it has sustained me right. through all the good and the storms. I even had it read at our wedding. So wow. pay attention to this passage. It'll get you through a lot. Yeah, that's sweet. Well, Jerry and I are thankful for our daughter and our son-in-law. That's right. I'm thankful for my husband, Phil. He's just such a good husband, a good pastor. And um, just yesterday, I delivered two chicken pot pies to my friend in Fredericksburg who just lost her only sibling, her sister. And her favorite pie is key lime pie. And Phil made her two key lime pies and two chicken pot pies because her family's visiting. And if the key lime pie sounds good, I'm from South Florida. So my contribution today is key lime pie made by Phil. <laughs> and I also want to thank um, all of you. We love you all so much in the staff. And I just have to give props to Brian and Sarah. They have been here just one year shorter than we have. So we really have been here the whole time. They're just so fun to serve with, and they do so many things, as you know. Brian does so much with the food distribution and, and open table. Sarah with the children's ministry. It's just amazing. We have a lot of fun, though. I just have to share that when they knew that they um, were pregnant with the twins, this is when you know you're serving with millennials. They FaceTimed us. <laughs> And it was awesome. And also, Sarah and Phil always share recipes, and they cook each other food for our family, so it's really sweet. Thank you. I echo all those. And uh, somebody asked me why I'm wearing a soccer jersey. I said, because I work with millennials. They, they know soccer. Millennials aren't so bad. What did you say? Millennials aren't so bad. The future, no, the no, future I, is bright. I like most of them. Anybody upstairs? I'll, I can come upstairs. Anybody else? Anybody in the balcony? Brian more than willing to go. Absolutely. Good to see you. Hey, good morning. Um, looking around the room, I see a lot of people who, especially in the last six months, have become really close friends and mentors for me. So I want to say I'm thankful for all of those people, especially going into a new career here. Um, teaching me how to be a young man, a leader, and, and especially a Christian in those communities. Thank you. Yeah. So if you don't know, Daniel is, uh, is uh, Lieutenant Daniel, right? And he's going into the Army in uh, February. Or you're in the Army, but you're reporting in February. Yeah. To a really difficult assignment. It's Hawaii? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Thank you for your service. <laughs> right. Sorry, Daniel. 
important to reflect on your sermon this morning, Pastor. Um, you talk about the peace that surpasses all a man's understanding. It also surpasses our under, um, not understanding. It's, it's something you can't explain. There's a peace regardless of what you're going through. Yeah. Right. Thank you, Donna. Anybody else? Yes, sir. Yes. Absolutely. I'm glad you're here. Anybody else? Yeah, Myra. Okay, so next month, you and Andrew will be married for 12 years. Congratulations. Congratulations. Yeah. 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 Wow. Thank you. Anybody else? Well, let me invite you to stand for the benediction, and, um, and I'm going to uh, call a, an, an audible here. Um, let's, let's just, uh, there's an old uh, song, it's really short, called the doxology, okay? And so let's just sing that together. It's a classic song of thanksgiving. So, praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him above ye heavenly hosts. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Amen. Go with the peace of God surrounding your heart today. Amen? Amen. Amen.